Oftentimes people are caught in sin and go their own way. The lie that they believe is, well, God doesn't love me because I know I'm doing wrong. Let me tell you what, prodigal, in the middle of your deepest sin, God loves you. And the cross proves it. Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. On today's episode, we'll be bringing you a recorded message on the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke that Victor shared from stage. Here he teaches on the parable of the prodigal son and the importance of holding on to hope for those who have gone astray. Here we see the unconditional love of God proven by the cross of Jesus Christ and the hope that gives us all for the restoration of broken families. Let's tune into his latest message. Luke chapter 15. This is a well-known passage even by worldly standards. People have heard the story of the prodigal son, many. And uh, the first two sections of 15 are parables. The first one is the parable of the lost sheep. And uh, I think it's really cool. This is when the Pharisees and the scribes, they're complaining about Jesus. And they said, hey, this man receives sinners and eats with them. But yet he went on to tell the parable of the shepherd has a hundred sheep and 99 of them are doing good, but one gets lost in the wilderness. What does it say that will happen? He goes after that one until he finds it. Shows the heart of God to pursue the lost. And the second parable is about the woman that had 10 silver coins. She lost one. And he poses the question, I mean, will she not turn the light of a lamp on and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? Well, she will. Again, showing the heart of God to go after and search diligently, to sweep, to find that which is lost. And then we have the third parable. This parable of the the lost son. This one is different in that you don't see the father going after the son or searching. He stays. It's a very interesting contrast, but let's read and draw from it what the Holy Spirit would show us. Verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, 
And he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And when he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandal on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to be merry. Let's stop there. Anybody ever been a prodigal? Raise your hand. Any prodigals out there? Gave your parents some grief? A spouse some grief? There's a lot of us. So just for the show of hands, it tells us, that prodigals do return. And you need to have your heart filled with that hope. Here, this parable, you've got a kid who tells his father, give me. How many of you know that's a sense of entitlement right there? Do we struggle with that in today's society? Do young kids say, give me? Give me, you guys, we live in a culture that has been seduced and controlled by the enemy. That programs in their mind, they deserve. And they better get. You know what that is? It's called selfishness and greed. That's it. But what do you do? It's everywhere. Sometimes it's even in the house with the parents. The parents give in to it, and then they model it for the children. You know, in Psalms 23, when we talk about the shepherd, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is contentment. Contentment is gain, the Bible says, but God in his contentment. We don't hear much about people saying, I'm content. I'm not excluding the desire for better or different or what have you. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about contentment. If you believe God is sovereign and you follow him and you love him, be content with what he has entrusted to you, both financially or positionally or spousely. Thank you. I was going, I hope they get that one. A lot of times the enemy, 
who seduces our kids is seducing us adults with whispers. Not yells, whispers. The whispers sometimes can be louder than the screams, amen? We just says, oh, you deserve better. Look at him. He's a lazy bum. <laughs> you know, the sad thing, there, sins, there tends to be a systemic pattern of when a man and a woman start, uh, and they're heading for divorce, and then they get divorced. I've seen it so many times, dealing with it with some friends. That woman drops weight like that. Bam! And she's like, and all of a sudden, we got a friend. We're looking at her like, what? Where'd the other part of you go? She said, well, I got to give me a man. I ain't going to be lonely out here. That bum left me. And I get that. I'm not putting that down. But I'm thinking, where were you a year ago? You gave up. It's the same with the guy. That's not how it should be. Now, as you age together, that's different. Right? My wife has tried to keep me from getting glasses for so long. I said, why? She said, you see me better. (laughs) Because we're getting older, right? She's like, I don't know. You see so much more, my father. But I tell her, I see you more. I forgot what I was missing. Woohoo, Jamama. I call her my righteous hottie now. And I still think, firmly believe, you put me on a lot, I still think my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world. I do. And you know what? I think God intends it to be that way. There are many pretty women, but men, our wives should be the most beautiful. You guys, it's important, I think, in this step of preventing prodigals as a mom and a dad, do your best to love each other. Don't fight and disagree with one another in front of them kids. You don't want to give them justification for bolting. And look, you screaming at your spouse makes a child very uncomfortable. It hurts them. You don't want to give anybody reason in the mind to justify going. Maybe that was why this kid left, this young man left. I don't know. You know, there's not a mention of a mother in here. Maybe they had bad times. Maybe the mom bolted. Used to be the dads. Don't remember that? For years, statistically, it was the fathers. But it started changing. It started changing where men who used to cheat on their wives and that was just part of the culture because the wife was at home. Well, the women said, we're going to get some of this. All of a sudden, it started coming down for men and going up for women. Women started being the one cheating. Does anybody remember the tide changing? And then women started bolting, saying, I need to live for me. I've done enough. I gave you them kids. I'd be here, but I'm out. I need to be me. (laughs) What do you think it does to them kids? I have parents from all over the country contact me because I deal with troubled youth. 
and it's our heart, and we love to help and reach. But, man, you don't know how, how times I get so aggravated and worn out. I'll tell them parents, look, you jacked y'all's life up consistently. Now you got a product of that, and you want me to, what's up? Fix this? Ought to cane both of you. Crack, crack. That's why I'd start. But sometimes, you know, I mean, kids bolt for just crazy reasons. Maybe his mother died, passed away. So he's got so much anger, he just gets. When people hurt, we do crazy things, don't we? Stuff that don't make sense. And I, I understand hurting people. If you've seen my story or read it, yeah, I, I get that. And then possibly he could have just been a bonehead. Young people can be that way, can't they? You know, they moved the, the age of adolescence up. It was like at 18, then 21. Now it's at 25. Because they say the frontal cortex doesn't get fully developed yet, so they're not able to process like an adult can. So their decision-making skills are, are literally off and worse than off. It's kind of crazy sometimes. So, young person, if you're under 25, you're crazy. <laughs> so here we see this guy demanding from his dad, give me, give me. You're supposed to wait technically till a father is going to oftentimes pass away. But while his dad, he says, give me. And this father, he does. It's interesting. He says he divided, in verse 12, he divided to them. Not just him. I mean, I understand that. From the original translation of the Greek, Septuagint, which I know nothing about or didn't study, but I don't know. It says them, so I think it's more than one. So he gave them the stuff. And it says that not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together. He packed it up. It says he journeyed to a far country. And there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. It's funny when a prodigal wants to, to get it on, oftentimes they go the distance. But let me tell you something, prodigal, you can't outrun God's love not going to happen <laughs> you can't hide from his loving eyes you can't change your lifestyle and look your talk your walk I don't care if you go from heterosexual to homosexual God still looks right at your heart and he loves you oftentimes people are caught in sin and go their own way the lie that they believe is well, God doesn't love me because I know I'm doing wrong. Let me tell you what, prodigal, in the middle of your deepest sin, the needle in your arm, the gun to somebody's head, God loves you. And the cross proves it. One of the saddest things I heard from someone one time, a relative as a matter of fact, uh, a sister to be more specific, she said, I don't think God ever thinks about me, Victor. 
I said, that's a lie from the devil. Because not only does he think about you, he prays for you. He loves you. He knows the hairs on your head. Mm. And yet she hurts and tries to run from God. You can't run. What ends up happening is when you run, you get wasted in more ways than one. But you know, when you get wasted, you tend to lose your possessions. You lose your life. Because sin will take you to a place you never thought you'd go. It'll keep you there longer than you ever thought you'd stay. And ultimately, if it can, it will kill you. He gets wasted, loses his possessions. But it says, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Parents and spouses, sometimes God uses this form to bring the prodigal home. The pain of want. The pain of consequences. I've heard that being a prodigal is a circle. They leave, and they're on this circle. And until they make the complete circle and come home, they're not done. And if they're out there at any point, and they're hurting, but they contact you and say, help me, and they're not repentive, like this guy becomes, all you do is enabling them and making their circle, the arc of the circle, bigger. Now it's going to take longer. And normally it's one of the parents that tends to be the enabler, right? Well, I, he's, it's, she, I don't want that. You got to let it happen. You got to trust God to say, I've committed my child or whoever to you, Lord. And even if they die, I trust you. Because some go the hard route and do die. But the soul is saved. Do you understand? Yeah, we're, it's a, we're only temporal here. Come on. You can't control that kid anyway. You think you can? Giving don't make it better. If it would have, that kid would have never left. He would have had everything. About, you really love me. I think I'm going to stay right here. No, he, he hid it. And he says when he went, he joined himself to a citizen in that country. He sent him into his field to feed swine. He didn't reach his potential there, but he reached what he had to in order to be brought back to the Lord or to his family. 16, and he realized he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Let that be a, a stern warning to some of you parents. Let it be spirit-led. Because there is not a step A, step B, or three steps to get the prodigal to return. There's not. It's a spiritual chess game. You, 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 I don't know. Well, I love verse 17, but when he came to himself, and that's what you have to look for. Don't intercept, don't aid, don't let that person come to themselves. And when they really do, they'll realize, and I'll wrap it up quick because of time. But he says that he, when he was about to perish with hunger, he said, I'll rise, go to my house, and I love this. And I will say to him, he, he determined in his heart he was going to say to his father, I have sinned before heaven 
and before you, against heaven and before you. Folks, that's what it all comes down to. It's not making somebody better. It's bringing them back to life. We're all dead in our trespasses. We're all marred with sin. It is only the cross of Jesus that can bring us alive. And it has a wonderful ending. The father said he was looking for him. Looking, waiting. I believe that man committed himself to prayer. And that's the greatest thing that you can do for prodigal. Pray for them. Pray and for some have boundaries. Because in this society, them kids will be coming back in that house like it's a drive through And you say, no, no. As far as me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. What you want to do, decide today. Because that kid will also mess up your other kids. Steal the joy and peace from your home and be used as an enemy by the enemy. You set a boundary. You say, we love you. But if that's the way you want to live, go live. Go do. See what it happens. But when he repented, realized he sinned, he came home. The Father, which is just the heart of God, in his way, was to wait and look. Because he prayed and believed what was going to happen. Not what he could see every day. But what was going to happen. And sometimes you just got to stand believing. That prodigal, she's going to come back. She's going to, oh, that boy's mouth so filled with profanity. But one day he's going to be spewing godly blessings upon people. He's going to worship. He's going to use that tongue. Oh, he always fighting and blasting people. One day his hands are going to be used to build the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So you, by faith, believe it, even when you don't see it. And I love how the dad, it says, he ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. And it was multiple times. He showered him. Just, ugh. And then he said, it's party. It's time to get it on. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Everybody's, yeah. Everybody was merry. It was like, yeah. And he said, he's not dead anymore. Because prodigal, that's what a parent feels when you're gone. They grieve as though you are dead. It is the most painful feeling you never want to experience when a child's upside down. And you know what? You should feel guilty for it. And all the drugs you do and drinking and partying, it, I hope it don't take that pain away of you knowing how much you're hurting your parents. Until the day you really repent and come back. And then you're going to have joy again. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.